Feel free to have some cheese if you want some. And coffee. There's coffee out there. <laughs> mm. Let me finish chewing this piece. Okay. Okay. <laughs> These colors are so pretty. I just don't want to. Mm. Welcome to a Collective Creamery Podcast, where we're crafting the conversation around American artisan cheese. This week's episode is really going to be fun. We did a tasting out at Hidden River Brewing out in Berks County, where we tasted um, some really fun cheeses from Valley Milk House, my place, Bertrand Hills, and since we were pretty jacked up about the Pennsylvania Farm Show Award winners, we were also tasting the uh, best in show from the farm at Doe Run. So... Do you want to think a little bit about Hidden River Beer? It's a magical gem with some Chester County and Berks County cheeses. I think you ought to tune in. What do you think, Alex? It, I it think was, it's a perfect pairing. It was a true fireside tasting, wasn't it? Do you remember how cold it was? It was cold. We were bundled in blankets sitting by a fire, and it was pretty dreamy. I had my hat on. <laughs> so uh, give a listen and find out about some uh, new favorite cheese pairings for you. And as always, in the episode notes, there are uh, there's information about the cheeses themselves, as well as where you can find them in our region. And of course, you can always find uh, amazing cheeses in the Collective Creamery cheese subscription. Cheers. We can talk about cheese making and cheese makers and cheeses and milk as much as we want. But, you know, a big excuse for us to get together is to eat cheese together and drink something really delicious with it. Uh, And today we have some ciders. We do have some ciders and Pennsylvania um, has a deep history in orchards, orchard growing, apple growing. And I feel like it's so appropriate for us to kind of be focusing on hard ciders because they're really coming up in Pennsylvania right now. Um, And as a dairy farmer and cheesemaker, I feel a particular um, affinity for these cider makers because so many of these families have uh, multi-generational orchards who are reaching out um, and kind of doing some value added like we are with the milk in making cheese. Uh, one in particular would be Frecon Orchard. Frecon Orchard is just a mere, what, few miles away from us right yeah we're only uh like i think five or six miles yeah yeah great um next generation on the farm they are super enthusiastic about uh supporting and celebrating the local food community and um you can often find a bottle of their cider in each of our fridges you say (laughs) i would definitely say that and if you are in the philly or new york area they're probably the most beautiful place to do apple picking in the fall in the region you get to they have a a great farm store with a cider tasting room and a bakery um and you know nursery and then what they'll do is drive you like five or ten minutes kind of around and up the mountain so you're picking the apples on these like beautiful secluded hillsides where they've got pears and all kinds of apple varieties and it's just really really gorgeous you're you're not if if you don't like that agrotainment feel of a lot of um, mm-hmm. apple picking orchards, which can be really great depending on what you want to do. It's kind of like a, a little quieter, a little uh, more uh, solitude while you're picking your fruit, and it's just gorgeous. Uh, and then you can bring home all these amazing baked goods and bottles of cider, too. Hey, they have maybe the best 
cider, apple donuts mm-hmm. <laughs> on the face of the earth. Don't you agree? Yes. I can never stop there without bringing half a dozen home. Yeah, they usually don't make it home. <laughs> mm. So what are we drinking here today, Sue? Right now we have Hogshead. Um, this is from Freecon. It's a dry sparkling cider. It's made with um, crab apples, stamens, a blend of some other apples. <laughs> it's aged- Did you say there was a little brown sugar? Oh, a little brown sugar in there. Yeah. It's aged on oak, a little French mm-hmm. and American oak, which really comes through in this cider. It's one of the things that like draws me to this cider and it pairs really well with cheese. Mm-hmm. We want to talk about what goes well with cheese. Cider should be at the top of your list right there mm-hmm. with beer for sure. So what do you think? Give us your load. Give, give us your rundown on this, Alex Jones, the real Alex Jones. Well, we were just talking about this flavor. Um, that sort of what I think of as like, it's like the, the taste of the smell of Jasmine. Um, that when I've made hard cider at home, I somehow made a batch that really had that really powerfully. And Sue was just saying it's it's something about the yeast, and that has a, like a nice a nice hint of this. Yeah, a little background to it that you get that you get in the nose, and then kind of like backs up that nice tanginess, mm. Mm. fruity, dry, tiny bit sweet. I feel like the French oak really comes through in this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. You know, rather more than like a big vanilla American oak, and this is really light. Uh, which I like. It's got a lot of flavor. It's got some other stuff going on thanks to the oak um, and to the brown sugar. But, you know, with the exception of an ice cider, that's one thing I actually really like about a lot of ciders that we try is that they're kind of unobtrusive, which can be nice for pairing with uh, less aged cheese or with certain cheeses, uh, like a little bit fizzy, like easy to pair. One reason that beer and cheese is so easy to pair is because the combinations don't clash so much. So you're, you're more likely to find some sort of parallels in the taste of what you're of what you're tasting between the beer and the cheese. And I find that with like a nice light cider. That's true also. Like just the sort of like dry, tangy, maybe a little bit sweet, but fruity goes really well with those like savory, creamy rich flavors that you get from a cheese so it's hard to go wrong definitely a classic example how opposites attract (laughs) in a pairing such as this you know we're going to go for the dry cider and then if you put a real rich kind of soft ripened cheese with it i think it's going to work really well because this dry cider is going to cut through the fattiness of it and really brighten it up well should we try this with maybe with some thistle we we have several of our cheeses We've got clover from Maj Blanc uh, and witchgrass, the Valencay style from Steph, as well as her ooey gooey thistle, her brie style. And we've got uh, Sue's red cat, nice and funky and buttery, and her just like super, super delicious smoked blue, which is one of my favorite cheeses ever. Um, so we've got like a really wide range of sort of like mild to wild there. And we also have the PA Farm Show Best in show winner, St. Malachi, a perpetual favorite that I could eat an entire block of in a single sitting. Um, <laughs> so it's good that I'm not doing that today. Um, mm. Let's try this. I don't know. I might try it with a thistle. I think that would be nice. I think you're right. Mm. And when you're tasting cheeses with something like a wine, a beer, a cocktail, a cider, what I always recommend people do in tastings and things like that is to experiment. Um you know, the, the journey to finding a great pairing uh, can be a long one. You're not always going to start out with an amazing one, but you'll never get there unless you taste a lot of different combinations. So if you've got a cheese board or a cheese plate uh, and you maybe have a flight or you want to try a couple different beverages uh, over the course of the evening, it's great to experiment with different kinds of 
the flavors on your plate and, you know, taste the cheese first, then try the cider, then try the cheese. You can try them together in your mouth uh, and just kind of see what they bring out in each other. It's not always like about hitting on the right answer. It's sort of like, what do, what, what do you explore uh, with your taste buds while you get there? I'm getting a nice nuttiness from the rind of the thistle through this cider. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to think that sometimes there there's a little bit of like hazelnut aroma on the rind. And I'm I'm feeling that that's enhanced in this pairing. And this wheel isn't too aged, but it has like a really luscious cream line. Mm-hmm. So you're getting a couple different textures, the rind, the cream line, and the paste in that thistle right now. The paste is just so beautiful in this thistle. The color mm. of it, the texture, the flavor, that buttery, interesting. Mm. It's lovely. Actually, I'm going to try it with some red cap. I thought that was going to work, but spectrum. for me, it didn't work so mm-hmm. great. Mm-hmm. But I'll be curious to see what my mind went right to the red cap with it, but... Oh, Sometimes. you've had your eye on that pairing. <laughs> I did have my eye on that pairing. And that's kind of the fun thing. Like, okay, maybe mm. it doesn't work. But sometimes those opposite pairings, you know, the ones that really don't work <laughs> conventionally are can be intriguing. I think it's a, the cider is a little it. too sweet. Yeah, I just don't love it with the red cat. Mm-hmm. We have to fill up our producer's glass right now. I can't believe we've neglected Jordan. <laughs> hmm, that's really tasty, Ooh, though. I finished that bottle. I'm curious to try I love it. it. My son Randy loves this cider. Mm. Oh, it's one of his we are favorites. The bottle. <laughs> I was following Steph's lead on that. <laughs> Why not? Thank you, Steph. <laughs> you can't take them home. They're open containers. Mm. I've just tried some smoke blue, which I'm just like, there's like a prism of flavors. The whole journey you go through with that smoke blue. Mm-hmm. It's really sweet at first, gets savory, gets like super smoky and earthy and a little bit bitey. Mm-hmm. all while it's just like melting on your tongue it's fabulous and that like woodsy it's a gentle smoke it's a gentle hickory smoke on mm-hmm. this one um i really love it when it gets smoked with applewood mm. but that smoking process just sweetens that paste up mm. gives it some personality that's a little bit different than the unsmoked blue i love it i think it's pretty nice with this hogshead actually yeah you actually get the other cool thing about the smoke blue is that you get in different spots of the wedge like that rind is like super super pungent with the smokiness Mm -hmm. the interior is still different but it's more that concentrated sweetness right now let's see um we have another bottle here this one is big hill cider works marmalade um they took home best in show for their fu manchurian uh which i think i've tried before we couldn't track down a bottle of it for today, but I do have the marmalade, which is their sour cider, um, which is kind of a newer uh, variety of ciders. Like people are really, really getting into gosas and sour beers and Berliners and things like that. Um, and we have a sour cider that's really good. This one is actually spiked. It's um, wild skin contact fermented, aged with peaches and infused with orange zest. So there's a lot of fruitiness going on. Why don't we pour some of that guy and see what it might go well with? What does wild skin contact fermented mean? Does that mean that there isn't yeast that's added? It's just the natural microbes on the Um, skin of the the apple? Next time I see Troy, I will ask him for clarification. (laughs) Thank you. You're welcome. Stephanie and I also have had the pleasure of participating in the uh, Pennsylvania Cider Festival, which Mm, happens in June. And we have a contingency, I would like to say a collective, of cheesemakers from across the state Mm -hmm. who go to that cider festival. And that's one of the other ways we can build our community. And we've gotten to be friends with all of these cider makers because, of course, if you have cheese, it's so easy to make friends 
<laughs> and if you're not familiar with Pennsylvania um, and fruit production, know that South Central Pennsylvania, Gettysburg area, we all know about Gettysburg, um, that is sort of ground zero for Pennsylvania apple production and tree fruit production. That's South Central PA, Adams County. Um, a lot of great orchards down there. Our friend Ben Wank is probably... Um, at least in Philly, the the most visible champion of, Three Springs of those Fruit guys. Farm. Yeah. Three Springs Fruit Farm and Plum and Cider. Um, Five generations on that farm. Yes. Really? So many generations. generations. That's amazing. Uh, and he's really done so much to kind of raise their profile just from like farmers markets and now plowmen, which is like even better. If you travel out to that area, I was just so taken and almost stopped stopped me in my tracks and took my breath away because you're driving through farmland where there's corn and soy and mm -hmm. hay fields and then as you get into the heart of that orchard production you hit these rolling hills with apple trees everywhere for miles and miles mm -hmm. and there is nothing like that it gives you such a sense of place um and so this is where the birth of some of these ciders we're having today. Wow. The cider festival is also just such a beautiful setting at the top oh, of a is. hill overlooking all the apple orchards and um, gosh, the cheese, the cheesemakers, we have our own little zone as part of it, but everyone's friendly and there's so much bartering that happens and um, it's, it's a beautiful setting. Are there 30 cider makers there? I think Maybe so. Maybe more. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty... Pretty amazing. Yeah, I think so. All right. So what do we think about this? The sour? marmalade is really nice and sour, really bracing. Boom. That might be great um, with it's color. got so crisp, so refreshing. Sort of a and I I've been known to use words that like offend people who make flavors because they're just like what my 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 taste memory and my nose like go to my brain and they like take me somewhere. But there's like sort of like a racy quality. Racy rice, like oh rice, yeah. And when like I've rice. made when another time I made cider, <laughs> I ended up with like a super rice tasting cider. There's like a little hint of that, probably from the yeast, hmm. or maybe I just maybe I'm not sure what the right referent would be, but I'm trying to like. Mm. I love, mm. I love the tartness. I could drink this all day long. I love yeah. summer day. <clears throat> super super refreshing. Tongue, yeah. yeah, I kind of. I'm mm. gonna try this. I'm salivating. Yeah, you know, the dryness once once yes, more. Yes, exactly. For more. Mm. Yeah, it's like a. It's not like super crushable. Like I mean, well, we're also in like a you know 50 degree um, <laughs> house right now, so we're not exactly needing quenching. Uh, but <laughs> it's like I want to take like little sips and just like feel that tang. Mm. You know, yeah. the color's beautiful. It's like. The slightest bit mm. cloudy, and then the peaches really, really yellow. make themselves known mm. on the finish. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna taste mine with same alki because it's really savory, has some really sweet um, pineapple notes, so kind of a tropical thing that could go mm -hmm. maybe a little bit with citrus and see what that's like. Have either of you taste? Well, you go first. <laughs> I won't interject. No, go ahead. I'm like still processing. Process it. I was gonna ask. Um, what pairings you two have Ooh. tasted recently that have really surprised you, like an unexpected pairing? Hmm. Yeah, I just had a pretty fun pairing. Um, Row House Spirits. Mm -hmm. That What's his little coffee liqueur? Ooh, I don't think I've he, had that one. Uh, Dean makes, do you know it? Have you had it? I haven't had it. No, I've only oh had his gin. Yeah. That sounds delicious. That so he does a little delicious. coffee liqueur. And, you know, like that's a pretty bold spirit. A lot of flavor. Yeah. Sure. And mm. we have paired it with that extra aged tomole. 
I was just going to really well. That makes so much sense. At the end of the night, just before bedtime, it was Christmas Eve. I just was hankering for something. You just needed a shot of espresso. Everybody was in bed. (laughs) I just needed like something. And I put those two mm. together, and it was a real gem. Oh, nice. And great. I just love walking into his tasting room. Dean's always in there. He's such a friendly guy. He is. He's so welcoming. He is. His stuff is fantastic. And, you know, if you ever get in there and get that aquavit, I'd love to find a cheese to pair with that. Ooh. We what should, about we bathing? A field trip what about earlier. bathing a cheese in it? Ooh. That, could be that would be curious. <laughs> so that's my my latest unexpected pairing that I loved. How about you guys? I made this was a while ago, but it's one that sticks out in my mind because I can't wait for it to sort of come back around in season again. I when I make cocktails at home, I um, am really bad about like making specific you know ones for a recipe. My my basic model is you know some hard liquor, usually bourbon, um, some like fruity shrub or syrup or something like that some acid and a little bit of fizz like that's like my perfect cocktail i like sweet balance with a little bit of tart a little bit of fizz like i don't even know what you would call that not quite a spritzer but um and i made one with a sour cherry syrup and my bourbon sour cherries like Mm. as a garnish and i i actually um i mean i served it to myself but i put a little i put a wedge of uh say malachi across the top of the glass what i'm just like (laughs) i just nibbled my wedge of saint malachi and you had had it here sweet and tangy and you know refreshing um cocktail and i don't even think like the flavors super went together but like (laughs) it was two two different things that were great to eat together and it was also just like my favorite one of my favorite cheeses and um you're an innovator and you know a really nice summertime cocktail that i could enjoy at my kitchen table um (laughs) i know i should probably be like more discerning with my parents but a lot of times i'm like well there's some cheese and there's also some booze so why not i mean (laughs) free it's free form you know it should be free form we shouldn't take ourselves too seriously Sure. And like, like and I said, like, just have fun. You can, you know, if you buy a bottle and a wedge of cheese and the pairing's not like the ideal one, what are you going to do? Throw it in the trash? Right. I'm not. I'm going to finish no. that stuff. So um, I also like this with the clover a little bit, actually. Mm. Um, it almost dwarfs clover's tanginess, which is an interesting place for clover to be because it is one of its hallmarks as being like very bright and tangy cheese yeah, clover. also very mild, too. Yeah, clover tastes almost sweet I would, alongside I would it. say it brings out Mm, the milk it gets to the essence of Mm. spring creek's milk this pairing Mm -hmm. i think it you know takes that that uh tanginess away and really accentuates the the grass Mm. yeah i get that earthiness of that milk i mean to me that's that pairing this is a i was thinking that this is kind of a tricky cider to pair um and I was like searching my way through, like, am I going to like it with witchgrass? Not so much. I didn't love it with St. Malachi. Mm-hmm. It's perfectly acceptable with clover. But where I think this shocked me is with red cat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it works mm-hmm. pretty well with okay. red cat. Now, I could stand to be corrected, but let me know, uh, my fine ladies, that what you think. That kind of makes sense because they're both super funky. And this, the red cat, you know, if you're. Maybe not a stinky cheese fan, and you've never had red cat before. It'll kind of like knock your socks off a little bit when you first smell it. But behind that is this savory, ultra buttery, super creamy cheese. 
and the whole package just goes together really nicely mm. on your tongue. It's like velvet. Mm-hmm. I'm Paste. experiencing this right Red now. Red Cat's Ooh. been the, the premier pairer today. It likes the booze. It, li- oh, it likes yeah. the cider. It likes the Loving cider. that. Can you talk to us about the uh, the rind on the Red Cat, Sue? We oh. were chatting about it a bit yeah. before. Yeah. So this is just um, a wash rind cheese. Smaller. It's pretty small format. They're about a pound and a third to a pound and a half size wheels in a basket form. So because we make it in a basket form, there's a pattern to mm-hmm. the rind of this cheese, which actually gives some nooks and crannies to the rind. Yeah. And sometimes that can be challenging, but it's beautiful to look at. It is. Mm-hmm. So right I wash this in a brine solution and, you know, it creates this like nice mm. thin rind to it that has that kind of reddish orangish hue um, that is, ha- is toothsome. A little toothsome. I yeah, say. you know, yes. I feel like the I really first like. time. And it has a little grit to it that yeah. I love. Now, I want to know more about how that gets made and what it's made of. That like that mineralic, not just in flavor, but in texture kind right. of rind. It's got kind of some uh, calcium lactate on the rind from mm-hmm. the washing that I actually really love. It's a rustic cheese. And so I think that this rustic rind really complements it. Now, in a competition form, it gets a little bit some harsh criticism for that but it still gets blue ribbons it does get blue <laughs> ribbons. that's true let's be clear but you know i think it's really interesting to have textural differences mm. to me i'm looking for that mm. i'm looking for that in this cheese and so mm. i can live with it I, I i think you're right actually that is the winner of this for pairing. that pairing mm-hmm. i would never have guessed funk goes with funk baby funk on funk <laughs> I, I actually i left the table to go Grab a wedge of the red cat so we could stare at it longingly. Yeah, it's really pretty. It's got um, it's like a sunset a couple, hue. Yeah, a couple shades of rind. sort of like rusty orangey. It's got a little bit of the white mold, the white and some mold. Of the nooks and crannies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have a little geo in there and lots of geo. Um, beautiful golden in paste. Our room. We're yeah. like holding it up to inspect it yeah. right now. Yeah. Oh yeah, and then you get the the beautiful lines of the basket form on the outside See that? that just looks it's very very compelling. And the paste is of course a gorgeous golden. To me, that grit on the rind is what makes the cheese. I mean, it's just so, mm. Right. It's got such a nice um, sensation. It's yeah, different. It, it's such about, a nice crunch. It's about the sensory experience, yeah. isn't it? Mm-hmm. So we're like, we're talking about, you know, the visual experience, then the aroma that goes with it, the taste, um, and and the sensory experience of eating cheese should be a real delight mm. and interesting and intriguing. Absolutely. So that's my goal, as I think your goal is, to make it intriguing to people and make them want to come back for more and more. And I just want to mention that the other things that we have on our boards are a beautiful seeded loaf from Freycon's Bakery. That's right. Because they're really a one-stop shop for all of life's necessities. They really are. <laughs> um, and then Sue's amazing veal beef sticks, which are... So so snackable, like, slim jims. <laughs> there, I don't like. I got really into, um, you know, not being hangry, so I started stocking my pantry with Lara bars because they're just dried fruit and nuts, no weird stuff, and with beef sticks. And I buy them from a different producer at my farmer's market. Buy the single beef stick, and they're kind of tough, and they're kind of like great. You know, they're they have like almost like a ground beefy texture inside, and they're I still think they're good. They're and probably they're really made filling. by the same. I'm sure butcher. they're. All, I'm sure they come from Smuckers or whoever. Right. Um. But she makes hers with her veal, and they're like, 
out of this world, totally different, way yeah. more delicious uh, than any other one I've tried. The meat is so flavorful. Mm-hmm. It's that grass, baby. If you're going to have a dairy farm, you're going to have male animals born on the farm. And this is the way we can keep them on our farm and raise them well and have them support our program. Yeah. So, and that's a whole, like a whole episode there. Right. That we really should focus on. Yeah. We um, could go down. Sustain- that's a, that's a, a very important <laughs> aspect of sustainability in the dairy industry. That's been part of history for, since there have been cows yeah. uh, domesticated by people. Well, I think we found some really great pairings. We loved the marmalade, this bright, sour, peachy, citrusy cider with this nice, funky, buttery red cat, a beautiful pairing. And I think we decided that the hogshead worked best with, worked really well with the thistle. Um, I think it also worked nicely with the St. Malachi too. That's good. What was your secret pairing or your favorite pairing? Oh. Unexpected pairing. (laughs) Um, well, not unexpected, but, um, I'm with Alex. I have been into lately making, uh, citrusy cocktails with some nice, you know, fresh squeezed oranges Mm -hmm. this time of the year, getting the vitamin C that we all need and adding a little fizz, adding a little triple sec. My friends gave me some, um, hyssop extract. What? Yeah. So I've been adding that. Of course. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So um, that's added like a really nice, like that licorice, you know. Like sort a tincture sort of Yeah, thing? it's oh, like a tincture. Cool. Yeah, so I've been using that in cocktails. And I love to pair those citrusy cocktails with clover. I, just because the citrus, it's, you know, you can either do opposites or you can do likes. Like the citrus and the citrus, the tanginess. Mm-hmm. I like that pairing because, to your point, Sue, it allows me to taste the milk more, you know, yeah. like removes the tang and so that you just taste like this sweet grassy milk. Right. I think that's kind of a nice pairing, but not unexpected. That's totally predictable, but it's been one of my favorites this winter. That's great. A little taste of summer, you know? Right. Well, hey, amazing Pennsylvania cheese, amazing Pennsylvania cider. Cheers to that. Cheers. Cheers. Collective Creamery is Stephanie Angstadt, Sue Miller, and Alex Jones. Jordan Heil produced the podcast, and Mike Lorenz wrote our music. You can hear him on Thursday nights at the Tired Hands Brew Cafe in Ardmore, Pennsylvania. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and follow us on Facebook and Instagram. You can learn more and subscribe to our cheese subscription at collectivecreamery.com.